The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Early Edge Live in our Week 17 uh, NFL Mega Preview. I am the coach. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line. If you are not a member yet, please do so today. There is no better value in all of sports betting, and it's not even close. This is the first season ever that I can say week 17 in the NFL, and it's not the last week. There's 18 weeks this year for the first time ever. If you are new to this show, we break down every single game of the week. We give you any best bets. If we have any, to be honest, with COVID, it's been very, very difficult to do anything on Tuesday, Wednesday, or even early on Thursday. But we will do our best to educate and entertain. Let's bring in the stars of the show. And they're here every single week, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level, M squared. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, coach. Yeah, you mentioned a uh, lot, of, lot of COVID news going on, big time uh, spreads this week. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to do our best to educate and entertain. <laughs> we will see what happens in this one. This is, uh, this is a fun week to sort through, that's for sure. Yeah, it is certainly fun and fascinating. R.J. White, congratulations. Your Bills went into Foxborough, and they laid the hammer down on the Pats. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. The uh, the elite Bills team showed up, so we get them, you know, a handful of games in the season. We get the terrible Bills team a few games in the season, so you just never know what you're going to get with them. Luckily for me and for Bills fans, it was the good team this week, so they look like they're going to win the division as long as the bad Bills team doesn't show up in these last two games. They looked fan. You play like that. Every team in the AFC, including the Chiefs, have to be very, very worried at the Bills at a very tough out. Speaking of, I can't believe it happened. UCLA, you can't get the job done. Canceling a bowl game the day of the bowl game, guys, because of COVID. If you're one of these parents, by the way, and I know it's off brand because this is the NFL show. If I'm a parent and I travel to see this game, how furious am I that I spent thousands of dollars to make a trip over Christmas that my son can't even play or my favorite team can't even play? RJ, how furious are these fans? I'm just It's just irritated me today. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? If What's the alternative to throw out a, a game where you don't have a defensive line because you just can't suit up enough yeah. players? I mean, it's, there's, no, there's no good options. If they could play the game, I'm sure they would play the game, but, but I don't know how you do that at this point. I think at I, this point – go ahead, Mikey. I, yeah, I was just say I, I think it's a bad look when their Twitter account is posting video of the team together, intermeeting with fans and everyone else at SeaWorld three days before the game. That's kind Thank of you. a problem for me. And, and other that, than that, yeah. Yeah, that's my point, Mikey. It's yeah. like I keep going back to the Seahawks because they had not one COVID test last year, and I don't know if they had any this year, to be honest. But my point is it can be done. And these teams, all of these teams, all these leagues aren't doing what they're supposed to do. You're making millions of dollars. Take care of your business, which is exactly what we're going to do right now. Let's get into our show today. And we always do our best bets at the top of the show. Mikey doesn't have any. Uh, the Maestro, one official play so far. He's going to go with the Cowboys, minus five and a half. He gave it out on the morning show today. So that's an official play for the week. RJ, I know you have two so far. Go ahead and give them to us. 
Yeah, I look to the Houston Texans, plus 12.5 at the 49ers. Houston was decimated by COVID issues last week, still blew out the Chargers. They have 71 points in their last two games. This is a team that we left for dead. You know, they were, they look like the worst team in the league for much of the year. And they're, they're playing hard. They're scoring points. They're winning games. San Francisco likely starting Trey Lance with Jimmy G hurt, um, you know, fractured thumb. They haven't officially ruled him out, but that looks like the direction we're going. How can you lay this many points with Trey Lance when, when we don't have any confidence he's going to score a ton of points in this game? We saw him in one start earlier this year he was able to run the ball fine he just the passing offense wasn't there so not able to throw the ball against the team playing well I mean Davis Mills might be the best quarterback in this game if it's Davis Mills versus Trey Lance uh, with how he's looked the last few weeks so if Houston's getting the 20 that means San Fran's going to get to 33 to cover and uh, I don't know that we can expect that from from Trey so um, I think it's just this line is way too high considering the injury issues at quarterback for San Francisco that's why I like Houston then my other play um, I took the Steelers plus three and a half. Uh, Cleveland ran all over Green Bay. They still lost because Baker threw four picks. So I, I don't know how we expect this offense to score points right now with the quarterback play they're getting. Um, Pittsburgh was never going to look good against Kansas City, but they did beat Cle- Cleveland earlier in the year in a defensive battle. Could be Ben's last home game in his career. I know they they act like they're not going to play any different. They're not going to treat this mm-hmm. any different, but you know those players are. It's, it's a full effort game. It's The crowd's going to be into it knowing what this means. This is their last chance to see him probably. And um, the offense could be... Uh, uh, you know, giving him con- more control over the offense now instead of Matt Canada, um, it sounds like, which is always a good thing. If you, if he has more autonomy in the offense, um, mm-hmm. that that can mean better things for that offense. So I think the Steelers might be able to score points in this game. I'm not sure the Browns do. I think this line's probably closer to a pick em for me. And the fact that you can get it at three and a half at some spots is silly, you know, considering the spot, the emotional spot for Pittsburgh. So I put Pittsburgh in a plus three and a half is my other best bet right now. All right, so we've got three official best bets for the brand. That is the Cowboys minus five and a half, the Texans plus the 12 and a half, and the Steelers at three and a half. Uh, would you play any of them today? Do you think the number is going to go against us by Sunday? I play the Texans. I play the Texans now because um, I think if if uh, Jimmy G gets ruled out and Trey Lance is a quarterback, people start thinking, why are we laying this many points to Trey Lance? It could come down under 10. So I wanted okay. to get in on it early because I do think that, that Jimmy G is going to get ruled out. And uh, with the Pittsburgh line, it's not going to get higher than three and a half, I don't think. So if you can get a three and a half, I would play it. Um, I'm not too worried about about any other issues. I mean, it's not like the offense could play any worse than we. it's looped the last few weeks. So you miss a few players. I don't think it's going to mean that much for them. All right, very good. So play the Texans, and you could wait if you choose to uh, on the Steelers. So let's get in. We break down every single game. Both of my guys comment on all of them. This is the show. If you want all the information on what to stay away from or what to maybe lean into over the course of the next couple of days, this is the show for you. So game number one, Falcons and the Bills. 14.5 is the number. The total is 44.5. RJ, I'm going to let you start because the Bills are your squad. You already said it. If that Bills team that played in Foxborough shows up this week, the Falcons have no shot. But is this number too big? It might be. I mean, when we get the elite Bills, they're going to roll all over the Falcons. And they, ha- they haven't had much trouble beating most bad teams by 14-plus, Jacksonville notwithstanding. Atlanta's offense only managed 254 yards against the Detroit defense. So it's not going to be a big challenge for the Buffalo defense, which I had worries about once they lost Tredavious White. This isn't a matchup I'm really worried about. It should be just the fourth sub-30-degree game for Matt Ryan in his pro career. But he's two and one against the spread in those games, so it's not it's not like you know that he just can't perform in this this temperature. Um, so the only thing that would lean me against the Bills is that Matt Ryan is a good enough quarterback to get a backdoor cover um, against soft coverage, uh, and this is a huge number. So I'm staying away from this um, at 14 and a half. I'd probably lean to the Falcons because of that half on the 14, but but I don't feel good about that. 
Yeah, Mikey, Falcons have not been able to score inside the 10 the last few weeks. Is this Bills or nothing? Yeah, probably Bills or nothing. Uh, you know, initially I thought I might have a little bit of an edge on the total over, but with the road game, you know, if this game was in the Dome in Atlanta, then for sure at this number at 44 and a half. But here I can't get there because I'm not confident the Falcons score a point in the game, uh, to be honest with you, in this road environment. So I'm not touching the under on it. The model's dead on. It's at 45.6, which I'm calling not dead on, considering the teams, considering the spread, considering the location of the game. Um, so, yeah, basically stay away from me. Never going to fault you if you want to tease the dog all the way up to 20, 20 and a half. If this hits 15 and you can somehow tease it up to 21, uh, I think it starts to get interesting at this point just because for the Bills, again, they – it, they don't have to keep their foot on the gas at home if they don't want to. If the game's very easily in hand, then you're looking at a backdoor cover on the teaser leg situation where they could be trailing by 26 points, 24 points heading into those final drives. Um, if, if you force me to play the game, it would likely be Falcons. I would likely try to shop around and find the 15s, get them up to uh, the 21. Yeah, for those people who are very new to the show, teasers have been very profitable uh, for us here at the early edge and really taking the number into a stratosphere that then you can't play it. So really pay attention to teasers this week. We'll have Thursday, Friday, Sunday. We'll educate you on which numbers you should tease up. Uh, by the way, a team total has been something that for the Bills, if they uh, play well, that certainly is cash too. It's usually been in the 28-29 number most of the year. All right, game number two. I'm coming to you, Mikey, to start. Giants and the Bears. Chicago shocked the world. They were seven-point dogs, down 10, late in the game against Seattle, and then score, go for two, get it, and they win by one. They're at home. They're laying six. The total's 37 and a half. Talk to me. Yeah, the first thing that stands out to me here is still the total. Uh, it is low. I would expect this one to be at 39 is where I would expect the total to be. So I am slightly interested in the over. I haven't locked anything in on it yet. Um, as great as the Bears were able to go in there and get that win, uh, I still don't trust them really at this point in the season. I'm not interested in laying the six. I know a lot of people are going to potentially look at this number and want to tease the Bears down to a pick em just to win the game. Uh, and I'm still not super comfortable with that either. I don't trust either team at this point. So I I can't get anywhere yet, but if I were to play it again, if you forced me to play the game, I would take the over as long as this number is below the 38. Uh, just relatively key numbers getting to 38, 41, 44 in the NFL. So at 37 and a half, if I had to play it, it would be the over uh, at that number. All right. There's a lot of stay away to this game. Uh, for RJ... Where would you play it, or are you like Mikey, where it's basically one thing and then or, or nothing? It is a big number for a Chicago offense that just isn't good. But the Giants offense is atrocious. It's one of the worst I've seen, you know, in, in years. Um, so Chicago might just need 14 to cover this. So I understand, you know, playing the over on 37 and a half because it's such a low number. It's like it looks like a you know Army Navy game num number, like I think <laughs> I does. said last week. But um, <laughs> but I just don't know how the Giants are scoring points with this offense, especially if Hicks no. is back for Chicago defense off the COVID list. Um, and you would they would need takeaways in short fields, but they've had just one takeaway in the last four games. Um, so yeah. I don't really love. Playing lay in this number with a bad team uh, but that would be the way I would lean uh, the better play is probably Giants under team total because it just seems like they're not scoring more than 10 in any games at this point <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny a Bears team that beats Seattle in Seattle and we don't feel good enough about them 
to lay six to the Giants. Golly, that shows how up and down they are. All right, game number three. And this to me, guys, this is the game of the week. This is the game of the week. The Chiefs are in line for the number one seed. They're in line to cash incredibly their win ticket if they win the last three games, which is 12 and a half. They were three and four at one point of this season. So they're laying five on the road in Cincinnati. RJ, this is a Cincinnati team that threw for over 500 yards. They went bonkers against the Ravens defense, but the Chiefs have a good defense. Where do we go on this one? Yeah, I think this line's a little too high with Cincy establishing itself as a good team. Um, I have them two and a half points above average, and I have the Chiefs as the best team in the league, seven and a half points above average. But you throw in home field, that, that puts the line at three to me. So there should be a little bit of value on the Bengals side for me, but you know you just don't want to stand in front of the Chiefs right now without their playing. So I know that's a tough ask. So I'm just a lean on that side. My biggest worry really with playing Cincy right now is that the backup quarterback went on the COVID list early this week. So a day or two, if you get a day two lag and then Joe Burrow finds himself on that list, I want no part of Cincy, you know, in, in this game. So um, if it's late in the week and Burrow's fine and it's five, I might look to play Cincy. But right now I'm staying away. Okay. I'm looking at the total here, Mikey, because the Chiefs, although their defense has been good, they have not faced a team that has three dynamic weapons on the outside like the Bengals. I think the Bengals can score against Kansas City. Do you? Yeah, I definitely think they can score on Kansas City. Uh, as long as Burrow is in and healthy, they, they've really got five very capable weapons. Uh, C.J. Uzama, the tight end, when those three receivers are active and healthy, he is a threat against this Kansas City defense. And then Joe Mixon. I mean, he is still a very, very good player, especially correlates with how well some of the other players are playing, opens up things for him. So at this point, my number on this, I honestly, I was kind of surprised. I have been a little lower on the Bengals than most. Um I don't have enough of an edge to play Kansas City at five. Uh, my number on it here is minus 4.7 for Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Not enough to make me lean on the Bengals at this point, but uh, basically saying I think it's appropriately priced, but other models out there are probably going to find some value on taking the Bengals with the points. Um, for me, it's just wait and see on the COVID news. But the most interesting thing for me is the total for one particular reason, and that is, I think that it's an interesting, we don't typically like to tease totals in this spot, but I do like to tease this one down. So I want to play okay. the over. I want to take six points off of this one. If you do that right now before it hits 50, you have to do it before it hits 50 and a half for sure. But if you do it before it hits 50, you get this down to 43 and a half, gets you through a very key number of 44 uh, for totals in the NFL, especially in a game like this. You know, a game like a 24 to 20 game, you're, you're home which is very likely scenario in some of these kind of matchups. So I just haven't found the perfect other side of the teaser for it, whether it's another total or a side just yet. I had interest in the Colts this morning there, but right now it's one of my favorites. I want to get it in before we hit 50 and a half, uh, just the massively, massively key number on the total. So if you've got a leg out there that you like, feel free to tease it with the total here, bring it down to 43 and a half and fire away on it. Great, great information and insight from both guys. So many different ways, everybody watching at home, that you can bet a game. It's not just straightforward. It's not just the total. Sometimes you get creative and create a number that is much more likely to hit, and that's exactly what we try to do. Uh, all right, moving on to the next game, and this one is a big one, boys. Last night, the Dolphins' defense, I mean, it went as what we thought. They, they scored when they had to, had a pick six and got the job done. They're the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak. 
and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. Incredible what they're doing. If the Dolphins went out, they will go to the playoffs. But they're in Tennessee. The Titans lay in three and a half after that incredible comeback last week. The total sitting on 41. Mikey, let's start with you. Yeah, this one is super, super interesting to me. Let me see if I can pull up my SIM number on it again. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, minus 3.8 is where I am at, but I have an edge on the total. I like the over in this game uh, with these two quarterbacks and these defenses. I know some of the conven- – you you want to lean under just because the Titans want to run the football if they can. The Dolphins, the defense has been great. They've been able to put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. However, I think we do see the turnovers in this game that lead to short fields. Um, I, I like the over here at, at 41. Um, not official yet, getting close, but still waiting out to see what kind of news we're having uh, in terms of COVID. I don't think the market's going to move on it drastically, but I make this number all the way up to 43.8. Um, definitely want to stay under you know, 42, basically, before you get in on it, but I do like the over here. Uh, I think both teams are going to be able to put up some points in it, and I think some of it could come from turnovers and short fields created by these defenses. And some of those scoring opportunities will be for A.J. Brown, R.J., who was a big-time contributor last week and really in the second half. They got shut out by the 49ers in the first half, essentially. And the second half, A.J. Brown was dynamic. How big of a difference do you think he can make against his very physical Dolphins defense? Well, without him, they definitely have a bad offense. And Miami has played a lot of bad offenses during their win streak. You know, it, it seemed like the one team they, they played that was a good offense was Baltimore. And then it turns out over the last six weeks, we've seen that Baltimore is a bad offense, too, for the most part. So, um, you know, if if Tennessee doesn't have A.J. Brown, then, you know, they, they probably are a bad offense. Uh, even with him, they might still qualify. But the Tennessee defense has been excellent. They just need Tennessee's offense not to turn the ball over a ton, like Mikey's saying. Um, I think it's time to fade Miami coming off a Monday night football game where the offense didn't look good and they shut, you know, they beat a really bad quarterback. Um, but I want it to be three. So I'm not playing under three and a half. You should be able to find threes out there. And once it's at three, I'm probably going to lay it. Bang that number at three at home. The Titans home field advantage and Titans fans are pumped up. If you saw what happened last week. All right. Game number five. And this is also very, very fascinating because you got two teams that desperately need a win if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Raiders last two weeks, two very hard fought victories. The Colts have looked very, very good. However, today we're recording this on Tuesday. Carson Wentz put on the COVID list. So uh, I want to come to RJ. The Colts are laying six and a half right now. But we don't know what's going to happen by Sunday. Right. And one thing we do know, actually, breaking news right now, Adam Schefter is reporting that NFL and NFLPA have now adopted the new CDC guidelines that reduce the quarantine time from five days to 10 days for all COVID positive players who are asymptomatic, including those who are unvaccinated. So that means uh, when's coming going on the COVID list today doesn't necessarily preclude him from not playing in this game. So um it, with those protocols changing, who knows who the Colts are going to have available. It's hard to play this at any number right now. Um, the Las Vegas defense also put a bunch of guys on the COVID list Monday, and some of those guys could come back, so they could benefit too. If Wentz is out, Vegas could end up with a win streak, a three-game win streak against Nick Mullins, Drew Locke, and Sam Ellinger and make the playoffs. <laughs> and that's just you know lucky for them that that's, that's the, the, the quarterbacks they've had to play. They were strong versus the run in the Broncos game, could have success versus Taylor if that indie offensive line is still depleted. But if they come back closer to full health, 
that's going to be tough. So if this number creeps down enough and it looks like Indy's going to clear some players, maybe you look to play Indy at that point because the Vegas offense now has 17 points or less in seven of their last eight games. So for me, it's probably looking Indy or nothing, um, but we just need to see how COVID plays out. If I'm a head coach next year in the NFL and I want to keep my team COVID-free, I'm using the last 16, 60 seconds of what you said to make them understand how important it is to stay COVID-free because you could play against some bad teams, some bad quarterbacks. You just never know. Make the other team make the mistake. Don't make it yourself. Now, with that being said, Mikey, Jonathan Taylor has been electric. He's been dynamic. He's been hitting all of his props. If Carson Wentz cannot play on Sunday, how does that affect how we look at him? I mean, you're definitely still going to be looking at him. The number will be so inflated that it'll probably be a stay away or under if you're willing to play those unders, uh, just because the number should balloon up even more. Uh, where I would be looking personally would be at Sam Ellinger's rushing number, and I would also be looking at Naeem Hines. Uh, Sam Ellinger yeah. is capable of running. Um, I, I think that you could see some packages where they have both Ellinger and Taylor and Naeem Hines on the field together. I also think in the red zone, though, there are situations where it's Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, Wildcat situation. We've seen that from them already with Carson Wentz healthy. I would expect a little bit in that of that in this game if Carson Wentz is unable to play. But my interest would be in Naeem Hines is I just think that they're going to have to put both of those backs on the field, create mm -hmm. some misdirection, create some get a little creative with the way that they call the game. Um, and I, like I said, it'll be Taylor unders most likely, or staying away if you're not comfortable playing the unders. And then I would be looking at Naeem Hines quite a bit. All right. Don't forget on Sunday, we will be breaking this game down specifically and have a lot more accurate information on who's going to be playing on Sunday and who's not noon Eastern time every single Sunday, right here on this YouTube channel and also Spotify and Apple. All right, let's move on to another game. It's really only important for one team. And, Mikey, I'm going to start with you because right now the Patriots, they have an identity crisis. Who are they? Are they the team that played really well during their long win streak or are they the team that really couldn't muster anything against a very good Buffalo Bills team? Well, they're home. They're laying 15.5 to the Jags. The total sitting at 41.5. Talk to me. Yeah, this one was an absolute stay away from me. I've got uh, literally nothing in this one. There's I have completely have zero interest in it. Um, if you forced me to make a play on the game, it would probably be the under at this point. Um, but I, I have no interest in it, honestly. I wish I could give you more, but there's just oh, no scenario where I would bet this game. Sometimes we don't need to. Sometimes it doesn't. RJ, do you have anything on this game? It was a rough day for New England's offense against the Bills, but they're not going to fall behind against the Jacksonville defense. So it's not going to be a case where Mac Jones has to play catch up. You wouldn't think Jacksonville lost a competitive game to the Jets because they couldn't stop the run game. You know, New England's going to exploit that. If New England's running mm -hmm. all over Jacksonville, um, you know, good, good luck trying to catch up there. So New England went down a pair of linebackers due to COVID on, on Monday, but Jacksonville's much worse, had 10 guys go on the list Monday. Um, again, you know, the, the protocols just changed. So who knows what that means by the time we get to Sunday. Um, so it's such a huge number. You're probably not looking to play it either way. If you have to, if I have to lean against a spread, I'd go Patriots because Bill Belichick against a young quarterback, terrible Jacksonville team on the road. I mean, you just can't play them. Yeah. And it's a must win situation for the Patriots too. So, um, they have to win, and they have to win decisively, I believe. All right, moving on to the next game. This is another big-time uh, number in the Northeast. The Bucks going on the road. It may be Tom Brady's last time playing in the stadium across from New York City. Who knows? Who knows? But 
They're laying 13. The total is 45 and a half. RJ, is there anything on the road you don't want to lay 13 ever unless maybe you're playing the Jets? Is this a spot to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I would play against the Jets up to 14. I don't care where they're playing, really. The Jets are just a terrible team. The, the you know, Jets beat Jacksonville with the run game. Fourth time in the last five games, though, they haven't reached 200 net passing yards. Brady should light up this awful defense, even with Godwin and Evans out. You know, if it's Antonio Brown, Gronk, and, and Brashad Perryman, you know, he's going to still have a big game. Seems like too big a number to lay on the road, but you lean that way because the Jets, Jets offense is just sunk if they fall behind. I don't know how they're scoring mm-hmm. points, um, you know, unless – they get all the receivers back and Elijah Moore is back and playing, then maybe have a little more confidence in their offense. But with how Zach Wilson has looked, I mean, I can't play the Jets here either. So if I got to play one way, it's it's Tampa. But at this number, I'm not teasing it down. I'm not really doing anything. Um, might might look to like a money line parlay, Patriots, Bucks, and something else, and then try to get a number close to the even odds there. Okay. Mikey, last week on the Bucks, you basically called it spot on. You said there was going to be a lot of points. They scored 32. You said Tom Brady was going to look to exploit the defense. He did that. Uh, the defense needed to step up. They did that, holding to six points. Uh, is this another spot similar to the Panthers game last week? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I Like RJ here, if I had to play it, I would lay the 13. You can find 12 and a half minus 110 right now on DraftKings. At that point, there's two things. One, you have to be really skeptical of the number. Do we have some COVID news potentially coming today? Because hanging a 12 and a half out there means that you can tease it down to six and a half, which is under the touchdown. That becomes a little more interesting. I would not tease it at 13 down to seven. Uh, but at 13 or 12 and a half where you can get it there, I have a little bit of interest in that. Um, don't mind laying it with the Tampa Bay either. Uh, I make the number all the way up to 14 and a half. Uh, just not an official play yet, waiting to see what kind of news we get out of there. My biggest interest here will be in Antonio Brown. Obviously, tons of DFS interest, lots of player prop interest. I would expect him to have 10 receptions again. That number will likely be six and a half minus 120 is where it'll probably start. It might close at seven and a half at even money. Um, I do like the overs on all of them. Uh, he's got contract incentives, as we talked about last week. I think he's going to continue to let him get those. They're, it's going to be him and Gronk. Uh, Ronald Jones will have his way running and, and catching passes, but Tom Brady's still going to throw the football for two and a half to three quarters of this game, which is going to be enough for Antonio Brown to get there. You know, it's pretty clear after the game when Antonio Brown went over to Tom, you could kind of almost say, see him saying thank you. It almost felt like he was saying thank you for doing what we needed to do. They needed those 10 catches. They needed those 100 yards to win the game, but also to put cash in his pocket, which Tom Brady, as you told us, has always done for his teammates over the years. And so now he's, what, uh, 11 catches away from the big incentive. He needed 21 last three weeks. He got 10 the first week. So let's look at his props again. You have something else, Mikey? Yeah, you, at the top, you mentioned it might be Tom's last uh, time playing in the stadium, and I was just wondering how you had access to the 2027 calendar already. Because <laughs> you know the guy's going to play until he's 50. He probably will. That's why I said you never know. I should have yeah. said against the Jets. The Jets, I feel for, pretty comfortable. I, I should have said against the Jets because he played there a million times for the Patriots. I yeah. doubt the Bucks will go back before he's done, but I'm not the mm-hmm. schedule maker. All right, moving on to another very important game. There's several guys, important games this week, and I have no idea what's going to happen. The Eagles are going on the road. They looked really good last week in the second half, RJ, against the uh, – or excuse me, Mikey, against the uh, Giants. Now they're going to Washington. Washington has defensive players fighting on the sidelines. They looked awful against Dallas. Tanner Heidegger didn't look like he'd ever played – 
quarterback before. And now they have to play against the Eagles, who are currently in a playoff position. What do you make of this number four or the total 46, Mikey? Yeah, this one's tough, too. I need some some injury news. I need to see where some of the stuff is at. I haven't been able to get to it right now. My gut tells me I want to take Washington somehow, but I don't <laughs> feel great about it. Uh, you know, if it gets to four and a half, five, something like that, potentially would. But I don't feel great laying the hook with the Eagles here. It's these division games. I know the Eagles have played well at times. They did not play well for most of that game. Uh, these games just get so tight in the division. So mm. if you can somehow get a four, I think it's an interesting teaser candidate for a bounce back spot on Washington. Uh, if you can get them up to 10, but I'm waiting, waiting this one out. Nothing, uh, nothing I really want to jump on in this one other than maybe monitor some Antonio Gibson props. Yeah, this three and a half just screams yuck to me, RJ, because it's on the road in what I think is the worst atmosphere in the NFL period. I hate Washington, the football stadium, not the city, the football stadium. Uh, what do you make of this number in the nation's capital? Yeah, I kind of got feeling like, Mikey, kind of want to lean Washington. I think they're better than what they showed last week. Now it sounds like they're going to play both Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, which is a huge warning sign to me. It's like we're evaluating. We're, we're not, we don't care about wins and losses <laughs> at this point. So um, mm-hmm. Philly's going to come out here, try to win games. Uh, they only won their first game against Washington by 10, but there was weird circumstances with the postponement. They dominated the yards in that game. Um, of course, you know, who are they playing at quarterback? Um, so so I don't know how much we read into that, but they had a massive game offensively there, um, and, and they could have another one here. I do worry about their offense if the team falls behind because um, you know this doesn't look like a great passing offense. They looks like they can run the ball down your throat. I don't know, I'm not really worried about the Miles Sanders injury. It just kind of doesn't matter with them. You know, I think they're just going to run the ball no matter what. Um, but so I, I'd be more inclined to live bet it based on who scores first. If Washington goes up, then it's tougher for the Eagles, I think, to rally back. Um, okay. If the Eagles go up, then then good night, Washington. Kyle Allen's going to see some time in the second half. So um, so that I'm probably staying away until then. But my lean would be to Philly. Okay, very good. Uh, moving on, next game. Last 1 o'clock game. And this is the, this is the kind of week, guys, that I like because we have five games at 4 o'clock instead of the 10 and 3 that we normally get. But the last game at 1 o'clock, another very interesting trip, RJ, for the L.A. Rams. They have to go to Minnesota on short rest because of the COVID in the Tuesday game. Now they come back to L.A. Now they have to go all the way to Baltimore. Thank you, schedule makers. Uh, But the Ravens are not the same Ravens team they were earlier in the year. The numbers at 3.5 for the Rams, they just covered in Minnesota. And the total is at 46 and a half. Very interesting. Talk to me. Yeah, both these games are at 1 p.m. You mentioned the Minnesota game was initially at 1 p.m. This one was at four in a 4 p.m. window, and then they moved it. They flipped it with the Cowboys game. So now the Rams have to play at 1 p.m. again with that cross-country trip. So those circumstances make me want to lean to the Ravens. Um but then they lost another cornerback with Averitt suffering a fractured rib. I mean, I expect the Rams receivers to dominate in this matchup. Um, the Rams should be able to put up a bunch of points against this secondary, even though Stafford has been uneven. They're not winning games because of Stafford. They're winning in despite of him. Um, so can the Baltimore offense keep up if the Rams are hanging a big number? If Lamar comes back and he's healthy, maybe. Um, but without that backdoor cover against Green Bay, their point totals would look pretty mediocre over the last you know, six weeks or so since week 10. Um, so if it drops to three, then it probably it might be become a lean Rams. If it stays at three and a half and Lamar starts looking good, I might look to play Ravens. Okay. Mikey, as a show, we cleaned up 
on Ravens prop, excuse me, Bengals props against the Ravens. This feels like another great spot for Cooper Cup. His numbers were astronomical, though. It was over, you had to play him over nine and a half, and he got to 10. And then you had to play him over 104, and he got to 110. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities, I think, for the second week in a row if you want to take some props against this Ravens secondary. Yeah, no, there definitely is. I think that where you'll be looking at them, though, is probably going to be on the Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham side. Van Jefferson's kind of underperformed the last few weeks, definitely is going to drop his numbers just a little bit. Um, another game, I have a lean towards the over on it. It's very close to uh, teaser category. Again, we don't always love to tease totals like this, but I do in this spot. As of right now, this total sitting at 46 and a half. You can get it down to 40 and a half under that key number of 41 that we talk about so frequently on here. Uh, I do think that's a pretty good look in this spot. Like RJ said, I would expect the Rams, other than maybe a slow start with the early start time and the travel, uh, I would expect them to have a lot of success against this Ravens uh, defense. I think you'll see some chunk yardage on the ground, though, from Sonny Michelle as well. So I think it does kind of limit some of those Cooper Cup props as they start getting over 100 yards. Um, so for me, I, I'll play Cooper Cup in DFS. I'll have some exposure. I'll be out on betting his individual props, but I'll have some interest in guys like Van Jefferson, Odo Beckham, and then maybe Sonny Michelle. Okay, very good. Yeah, OBJ has certainly been a guy that Stafford has looked at more and more and more as the number two, uh, two uh, Cup uh, the last couple weeks, he even scored a touchdown last week against Minnesota. So that was really, really nice. Uh, this is definitely a game that on Sunday we'll be really taking our uh, a really hard look at at noon Eastern time. All right, let's move to our Sunday afternoon uh, 4 o'clock slates, gentlemen. Mikey, uh, the Broncos and the Chargers, both teams playing themselves out of the playoffs. The number here is 5.5. The total is 45. Any interest in this game? Uh, initially, I had some interest here. I thought I was going to end up – Laying it with the Chargers, uh, they potentially a teaser spot. Don't love teasing through zero at the spot, but I do think that they end up getting the win. Uh, waiting on COVID news, really. Um, is Mike Williams going to play or not? That's a pretty big piece for me uh, in this offense. They should welcome Austin Eckler back. You know, much better team. Obvious bounce back spot after getting embarrassed, frankly, against the Houston Texans. So if I had to play it, it would be Chargers or nothing. It's interesting to note that it's moved from six and a half to five and a half today, uh, despite the Chargers being at home here. Um, if it gets to five even or lower, I actually think it is five even on DraftKings right now. I'm uh, just waiting for one more day of reports here. I don't see it ballooning back up over six and a half. So while we always want to shop for the best price, if I'm interested in backing the Chargers here, I am comfortable doing it between five and six. And I think that that's where it's pretty much going to stay. But I want to wait and make sure we're not getting any additional COVID news that would push this one down to three for some reason. All right, that's a great point. RJ, uh, Mikey brings up another Good point. And I think a lot of people should focus on the Chargers as the poster child for what can happen when you miss two or three really good weapons. The Houston Texans can happen to them. So now this week with some of those back, we could see a different Chargers team and maybe similar to what we saw three and four weeks ago. 
Yeah, the, the, the weapons hurt, but what really hurt was the defense. They couldn't stop the Rex Burkhead running game. They're the only team in the history of the NFL that can't stop this Rex Burkhead Houston rushing attack. Um, so I don't know how that, that could happen. I know Joey Bosa was out. It was one of the COVID guys that was out. Um, so maybe he's that important. But we've seen that Chargers rush defense struggle for a lot of the year. And, um, I, you know, so the, maybe the Broncos can come in and run all over the Chargers here too. But I expected that last week against Vegas, and it didn't happen. I think Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. had negative four yards on seven carries. Javante Williams didn't do much, much on top of that, but he did get a touchdown. Uh, the Chargers lost two key members of the secondary to COVID list. That might not matter if Denver passing game is still quarterback by Drew Locke, who was awful when the rushing game couldn't do anything <laughs> last week. Um, Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So Mikey was talking about he doesn't see the line ballooning up. I think if Teddy Bridgewater gets ruled out and it's Drew Locke again, people will want to jump on the Chargers because they'll see Drew Locke versus Justin Herbert and they'll say anything under seven, I'm laying it, you know, with, with, with that quarterback matchup. So the only game in the last six that the Chargers haven't scored at least 28 was against Denver. So maybe the Denver D can shut them down again, come out with a win. I think Teddy needs to play for that to happen. Um, I think this number's probably slightly too high with so many Chargers players on the COVID list. Um, and if Teddy's at quarterback, then I might look to the Broncos. But then, you know, well, like I said earlier, COVID protocols are changing. The Chargers might get more players back than we expect, and um, that could change the calculus of this game. So right now it's a stay away, um, and, and we'll see who's available by Sunday. All right. We will certainly be keeping our eye, eyes on actives and inactives and all that good stuff on Sunday. It's very, very important before you bet even one single solitary dime. Next game, and this is one I'm really, really interested in. And, RJ, this is one of your best bets. Texans 49ers. Currently, Jimmy G has not been ruled officially out yet. He does have a broken finger, a ligament issue. Um, They're still laying 12.5 to a Texans team that scored over 40 against the Chargers. Uh, Why do you like the Texans so much in this spot plus the 12.5? And then 30 the week before. I mean, this offense is just playing well. And they were missing Brandon Cooks last week, and they still were getting it done with Chris Conley, Nico Collins, just random guys that, that you know, barely seem like they should be in the NFL at this point. And they're putting up these massive point totals against what's supposed to be a good team, what was supposed to be a playoff team last week. Um, so I think this offense has been impressive with uh, Davis Mills getting better as the season has worn on. He was terrible when he first took over, uh, but he, he looks like he's developed a little bit, and he might be one of the better quarterbacks in this class, including the first-round guys. Um, San Fran, if they are starting Trey Lance that that lowers the ceiling of, of their point total I think if they want to go and start Jimmy G that fractured thumb and those injuries are on his throwing hand so I mean that's going to lower the their offensive output too because um, if he's having to battle that and throw with that I don't think he's going to he's going to put up a huge point total so with Mills playing well like I said Houston might get to 20 or more in this spot and I don't know how San Fran covers that number so this just seems like too big a number for me with Houston playing well I would I, I understand the number with Jimmy G hurt and and maybe not missing this game if it's midseason and the Texans are scoring three and six points a game. But the Texans team we saw the last two weeks should not be getting this many points. So with that being said, Mikey, what if we teased the Texans up to 18 and a half with one of the totals that you liked from the one o'clock games? Would you like that? Maybe uh, the total from the Ravens and the Rams, perhaps. 
Yeah, I mean, I would lean that way for sure. Um, I I make this number eleven uh, is where I would have it priced. So not you know not massively key numbers through where we're where I'm at to where it's sitting currently. Um, so as of right now, I don't have a ton of interest in doing it on this game. I think that if it somehow got to fourteen, I would be very interested. Um, but as of right now, I don't. I actually do have an official play I sent into AB. We'll reveal at the end uh, where I, I do have a, a, an official play, but it's not on this game for now, but I do lean in the direction that RJ's going. Um, I just, I, I can't get there with the Texans yet, unfortunately. Okay, no problem. Uh, very, very fair. Third game at 4 o'clock, and this is a 425 Eastern, so there's three 425 Eastern games on Sunday. This has humongous playoff implications. The Cardinals have been sliding down a hill. The Cowboys just went north of 50 against Washington. They're laying five and a half. And this is the Maestro's best bet for the show. Mikey, let me come back to you. Are the Cowboys as good as the team that we saw Dak throw a touchdown pass to a tight end, a wide receiver, a running back, and an offensive lineman? First time ever in the history of the NFL. Is Dallas as good as they looked against Washington? Uh, I don't think so, and I don't, I don't think I don't think Washington is as bad as they looked. Right, um, this one is interesting. We might end up with some sports line showdowns on this one uh, at this number. You know, well, probably not because I think he had it at five and a half or five. I yeah, think this one does end up closing at six to maybe even six and a half in some spots. But once it gets to six, I would be on the Cardinals. I make the game minus four point one for Dallas right now at this spot with all the news that we have. COVID protocols changing could allow some additional pieces to play in this game. Uh, but I, I think this is a pretty good spot for the Cardinals to bounce back. I, I think this competitive game is exactly what they want and need, as weird as that sounds. But I, I like the Cardinals if I can get to six. RJ, um, the Cardinals, we've been talking on this show for a couple of weeks that we don't think Kyler Murray is healthy because he's not running as much and he's making some really bad decisions throwing the football. Do you think he's healthy? I think there could be some issues throwing the ball. I think he's healthy running the ball. He looks like Mighty Mouse, like like normal. He's just outrunning guys, um, you know, to to the pile on some of the in some of these rushes. So I've been impressed with him running the ball. Um, throwing the ball is a different issue. Um, but I, I'm on the Mikey side here. Let's line jump three points off the look ahead with that ridiculous final score in the Dallas game, which is an indicative of this team moving forward. Um, and we expect I expected last week that Arizona would bounce back after an embarrassing loss to Detroit, and then they lost again. They lost their third straight, but they did play better against Indy. They just missed a bunch of kicks lost by six missed a couple field goals missed an extra point could have won that game dallas's d before this run of playing washington giants washington gave up 900 plus yards in two games but prior to that um you know one of those being against the raiders on thanksgiving with that that upset so i have these two teams as far apart as i can i can comfortably make them in tier two i think they're both tier two teams behind the chiefs but that's still only a point and a half Throw in the home field, I think Dallas minus four is the right number. Um, so the fact that this moved from two and a half to five and a half through the key number, a couple of key numbers of three and four, I think Arizona is the way to look here. Does anybody, either one of you, like the total? Mikey, 51 and a half with these two teams? I mean, the, the lean is going to be towards the over, but for me, it'd be, you know, it's an interesting candidate to bring it down also if you wanted to tease it, but. I, I like the Cardinals here. Um, honestly, you're you're paying peak value for Dallas. 
Arizona seven and one against the spread on the road, five and zero oh when they're an underdog. Um, they're not an underdog very often, right? Um, we we mm-hmm. talk about this with teams quite a bit. So I, I I like the Cardinals here. I just need to get to six. Once I do, it'll be an official play. Okay, very good. Look for that. As always, follow Mikey on social media because he's always dropping knowledge and sometimes dropping picks as well. All right, two more games at four twenty-five. First one: Panthers and the Saints. <sighs> I don't even know if we want to talk about this game. Minus six and a half, the total sitting at 38. RJ, I don't know if I've had a more painful experience watching a player try to play quarterback in the NFL than I did watching Ian Book on Monday night. That was embarrassing. He didn't look like he belonged in the league. He looked scared. And now they're going to lay six and a half against Carolina? Talk to me. Yeah, we saw Kendall Hinton play try to play quarterback last year when the Broncos had to had to rule out all their quarterbacks, so they moved a receiver to quarterback. This looked just about as bad. Like and yes. and I know the game plan was different. They weren't throwing a lot with Kendall Hinton, but but um it was pretty embarrassing here. So look, um low point total here, um, for, especially for a six and a half point spread. But New Orleans should get back a bunch of players from COVID list, especially with the new protocol. Taysom Hill is obviously the most important there. You need somebody that knows how to play quarterback. Carolina's offense continues to be a mess. I can't see them scoring many points against a what's been a really good New Orleans defense that's been put in some bad spots these last few weeks. Um, but, you know, they did shut out the Bucs, obviously. Carolina's defense has given up 27-plus points in five straight, and that includes a run playing Washington, Miami, and Atlanta, not exactly teams lighting the league on fire. So um, Carolina's given up, given up points, and the Saints have their quarterback back, and they're not down to their four-string tackles or whoever's been trying to play on the ends and, and protect the quarterback here because that was another issue with Book. Book just could not get comfortable in the pocket because mm-hmm. he just couldn't keep the pass rush off, off of um, – I think Miami had eight sacks or seven sacks in the game. So yeah. if that's not as bad an issue in this game and Taysom's in, I think this, the Saints can, can cover with the Panthers not looking great on offense or defense right now. Okay. Mikey, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is one that I actually considered teasing as well with the Saints down. I just, I, it's truly a must-win game for them. Welcoming Taysom back, you're at the the lowest point of them uh, after that last game. So, I, I like the Saints. I also am very interested to see what kind of news we get. They, like, frankly, I'm kind of surprised that game wasn't postponed based on the other games that were postponed for the number of issues that they had with, with COVID. Uh, I would expect a lot of those guys to be back this week, especially with some of the new guidelines that were just announced, uh, dropping that time from 10 to five days. So I, I like the Saints here. I haven't gotten to it. I was hoping we'd see some buying on the Panthers side. I don't know why I thought that would happen, but I, I kind of thought that that would happen after last night being a full touchdown. Um, but if, if I had to play it, I would tease it. I would take the Saints down to minus one uh, at home. I, I think they get this win. Okay, very good. Also, make sure that all the guys that that Mikey and RJ are talking about coming back from the COVID list, there was over 100 players on Monday put on the COVID list. You've got to do your homework or watch our show, and we'll tell you the important players that won't be in because it matters. The Saints minus 6.5 with Taysom Hill, completely different story than minus 6.5 with Ian Book. It's not even the same team. Not even the same team. You've got to pay attention to these quarterbacks and who is going to be playing. All right. Last game at 425, and the Seahawks for the second week in a row, Mikey, laying seven. That's the number that it is currently. They're welcoming the Lions. The Lions have been great against the spread this year, been fantastic. Uh, However, they also have COVID issues, and the Seahawks blew a 10-point lead in the final, what, five or six minutes to Chicago, so they're still licking their wounds. Where do we stand on this number right now? I haven't played it, but I would lean towards Seattle minus six and a half. Uh, I make the game minus 7.8, but it is obviously through that key number there. 
Uh, like you said, the Lions are very good at covering. Uh, they, they cover spreads. There's not a ton to play for for Seattle. Obviously, there are contract incentives. Um, you know, the, the team wants to, you know, players want to play well. They don't give up in the NFL. They, they're playing for their future paychecks. But uh, if there were a spot where they, they could get backdoored, I do think it's by this Lions team. I want to see who's playing quarterback for sure in this game before I bet on it. Um, I don't think it moves the market a ton, but it does – impact just my overall decision making um but as of right now if you made me play it i would lay it with the seahawks at minus six and a half do you agree with that rj i do not i do believe that jared goff is already back so it looks like it's going to be him and that team has been playing well um detroit's playing better with campbell calling the plays over the last six weeks or so and he said that's going to continue and the detroit defense has also showed up the last few weeks um, that makes it a tougher matchup for the Seattle offense that can turtle up at any time. As we've seen, they they can just go into turtle mode and um, not not score a lot of points. Seattle coming off that deflating loss against Chicago in the final minute, that's going to make it hard to turn around and get up for this game. I really like the Lions at plus seven or better. So if you're looking, if you can play it at plus seven, um, that's where I'm looking to play Detroit. I play it. Maybe a teaser uh, opportunity for the Lions up to 13 if it gets to there. So a lot of different things that, again, I keep repeating myself that we will discuss on Sunday. Be very, very careful if you're going to play something early. All right, two more games we've got to talk about and then get out of here. 8.20 Eastern time, Sunday night football. This is always a fun one. Every time Minnesota and Green Bay get together, the Packers nursing that lead for the number one overall seed and that all-important buy. Only one buy on each side right now would be the Chiefs. It would be the Packers. They're laying six and a half, the total at 47 and a half. RJ, Packers keep on motoring, but can they cover the spread? Yeah, I thought I was going to like the Packers at six and a half, get them under under a touchdown against a team that we never know when they show up. So I was leaning that way. But Minnesota's defense has only played well in one game since Thanksgiving, and, and, and that was a 17-9 win over Chicago. Gave up 370 yards in that game, so it's not like they played that well. But Green Bay's defense looks just as bad now as a Minnesota defense. 31st in yards per carry allowed. Facing a Minnesota team you know wants to run the ball above all else with, with Alvin Cook and that rushing attack. So the Green Bay offense probably going to continue to score points while the defense continues to let teams back in through the back door, which is what happened in the last few weeks. So six and a half now, I'm hoping it bumps to seven, and then I swing in Minnesota at plus seven. But that's probably the way I'm looking, just because it doesn't seem like the Green Bay defense is capable of putting teams away right now. It really doesn't. The Ravens, they had a 14-point lead, couldn't hold on to that one. It was nice for us because we had the over, but to your point, they gave up two touchdowns in the last whatever four minutes it was. Mikey, this Packers team, they need to the final couple of weeks, if they want to be looked at as a dominant number one seed, they need to play like it. They have to play like it. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, my thoughts are basically what RJ, I, I thought I would end up on the Packers minus six and a half. I don't have quite enough edge to get there. I think it's an okay teaser candidate just because they are at home. It is supposed to be a cold game, a typical Lambo game this late in the year. Uh, it's going to snow the day before. I don't think it's going to snow on game day, but we're talking high temperatures in around 10 to 15. Wind chill will be zero or negative. It'll be a very cold uh, game. Obviously, I think that favors Aaron Rodgers just a little bit. Um, definitely need to wait it out a little bit on COVID news. I don't think we see massive line movement on this one for a while unless we get something breaking like that. But as of right now, I, if you want to lean towards the over, I would probably discourage it a little bit despite how much the defense has given up points we saw what 65 points in this matchup in the first meeting when the total was also 47 and a half uh big difference obviously this one is going to be outdoors at lambeau um 
I, I think it's a division game. So I, if I had to play it, it would be a teaser at this point. I thought it was going to be a Packers minus six and a half, but I think it's an okay teaser leg if you can find another game that you like. All right. Very good. All right. Last game on the board for this week. Don't forget, we're here every single morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. If you do not subscribe to our YouTube channel, it is growing very, very fast. Please do so. It is free and turn on your notifications. So every time we drop new content into your feed, you are notified. Monday Night Football. Mikey, the Browns on the road laying three to the Steelers in what potentially could be the final time that Big Ben plays against the Browns at home. There's a lot of last times, uh, but the fact that they're a home underdog just screams to me, but they looked awful against Kansas City. How are you handicapping this one five or six days early? Yeah, so right now it's Steelers are nothing for me. Um, I, I like when they're getting to play at home, division game, prime time. It is Ben's last go. Like it just, it truly is at this point. Uh, he'll have everyone up and ready for it. I do like the reports seeing you might have a little bit more control over that. I, I think that the team's going to be ready. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be rallying around him. Massive, massive playoff implications for everything in the AFC with this one as well. So I like the Steelers getting points here. Um, this Browns team, I, I don't think they're terrible, but I, I don't think they're great. I think they're kind of like the Ravens in most of the games outside of that last game when they were down to the third string quarterback. They find ways to be competitive in these games. Uh, but I, I don't see them just blowing out the Steelers and putting them away. So if you're giving me three, uh, which it's three and a half in some places right now, I know that's where RJ got it. I, I do like Pittsburgh quite a bit with the hook at three and a half. RJ, what do you like here? Yeah, I think the line should be pick them. Um, unless you think Cleveland is clearly above average in that tier of, you know, San Francisco when they have Jimmy G, Cincinnati, those teams that are a couple points above average. Um, and I don't think they're anywhere near that with how their offense is playing. The defense can can show up and play well. And this is a good matchup for them because Pittsburgh's offense has been pretty limited. Um, and they should be able to handle that that um, offensive line in particular. But uh, just Cleveland should be making too many mistakes on the offensive side of the ball with Baker Mayfield that you can't trust him to score a ton of points. And Pittsburgh, I'm not worried about that Chiefs game. We knew they weren't going to look at the Chiefs game. I laid it at seven and a half. Um, and it didn't really matter to me who the weapons were. As long as Mahomes was playing, they were going to roll in that game. And I didn't know how Pittsburgh scores against that defense. This defense, I think you have a little bit more success, especially with the emotions up with Big Ben playing his last home game more than likely. Um, and probably, like I said earlier, having a little more autonomy in the offense, not having to run what, what the Matt Canada special, which he clearly does not like to run. Um, so I think that they let the reins loose a little more and, and, and the Steelers can score in the 20s. And I don't know if the Browns can match them. So I, I like Steelers on the money line here. But if you can get plus three and a half at any point, like I was able to take that. All right. Very, very good. Yeah. Why wouldn't they at this point? They're in all likelihood done with the playoffs. Just let Ben do what he wants for the last two games. And you watch they'll score 40 and cover for us. All right. We literally broke down every single game in an hour. Our best bets. Only a few. It's because of COVID. Let's go ahead and put up the recap quickly. And I believe we only have four official plays, but we've got several leans that once we find out the COVID issues and the lineups and the starters, we'll have a lot more for you on Sunday and also um, excuse me, Sunday morning. So here's we go. Mikey's on a teaser so far. Dolphins, Titans over 35. Chips, Bengals over 43 and a half. Then the Maestro one play so far. Cowboys minus five and a half. Then RJ so far two plays. Texans, they've been playing really good football. Getting 12 and a half and the Steelers getting three and a half as of Tuesday when we record this show. Uh, follow us at Sportsline. Follow all my guys on social media. There has never been a more important time 
in sports. Cavs lost a player today. We had them this morning. You've got to pay attention to follow all of my guys at Sportsline for the very, very latest. There's only one thing left to do, and you all know what that is. This show, I love all you in the chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. I understand Tuesdays at 5 sometimes is a difficult time watching this on demand whenever you watch it. Thank you. This show is about education and getting you ready. The rest of the shows are about entertainment. But we love this hour so much. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, RJ, the maestro, M squared, and of course, AB on the ones and twos. He thinks he's going to be in Madden. Don't buy into the hype. Stop it with the AB hype. I can't take it anymore. But do tell all your friends about the early edge. Good luck. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.